You're listening to the Moody Mommies Podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background. Or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. We are the Moodiest Mommies, guys. We're here today with a special guest that we've been waiting to get on for a while. For a long, a long while. while. 30 episodes in. Since finally, like, she's like here. Day one, we're like, um, and so many things happen. She's finally here. Two yeah. babies later. Two babies later. <laughs> yeah. So we want to talk about all of that. Everything. Okay. Everything. Everything. So. But let's start. When you before you had kids, were you already working with kids? Yes. Before I had kids, I was already working with kids. So before I got pregnant with my first uh, daughter, I was working at an after-school program. Uh, and I was working with a group of kinder and first grade students. Um, the ratio was one to 25. So it was me and 25 kiddos. That is yeah. So many. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, especially for kiddos that are still getting used to like the routine of a day and then to have them stay beyond the school day. That's just like, it's insane. Yeah. I worked with for a day camp and the kids were elementary kids so they were really yeah. a little bit bigger and i would only have like it was like one to eight and i was like this is too many kids yeah me. that's small that's like a luxury really yeah. yeah yeah 25 kids is so wow. yeah i learned a lot of my um i guess group and classroom management skills from that program and how old were you were like 20? i was i was like 20 yeah i was like 19 20 yeah wow mm-hmm. 19 20 i was like and then Time I found out party. I was pregnant <laughs> while I was working there. So then here I am on my feet all day with a big old belly waddling around. Um, and yeah, that that. so then I, I had Olivia while I was still working there. And after I had her, I went back and I still worked there for a little while. I, I don't know why I thought, were you working with special needs? Yeah, so then, so after uh, after I went back there, I decided, because that was part-time, it was only an after-school program. So I had decided that um, I should probably get another job because I didn't want dad to. Then he would have missed out a lot on the time with Olivia. So I got a second job to fill in the time in the morning. Um, So during the school day. So then I worked during the school day for the school district. And then after that job, I went to the after school program. Yeah. So that was insane. And during the job in the morning with the school district i did work with special needs so i worked um as a one-on-one behavioral aid and then i also worked um as a classroom aid for a special needs classroom yeah so and now i'm getting my credential on that so yeah that's crazy that's so hard yeah do you feel like you learned a lot about parenthood from working i could i could definitely say that i learned a lot in terms of uh like advocating for your kids um not just as it relates to special needs because uh my kids don't have special needs that i know of or i'm aware of yet but um just advocating for your kids in general so i 
could definitely say that in in terms of that aspect yes it did prepare me for a lot of that but in terms of like par- like being an actual parent um on a day-to-day basis no like a lot of it was just um a surprise a lot of it was just i mean you guys know like was just yeah. comes you, with no yeah, instructions no instructions at all yeah but i do think that uh it prepared me to i guess um become a little bit more like like research savvy okay so because i was already doing that first school i knew where to go look for answers and so dad always made fun of me and he'd be like oh here you go gonna ask dr google and i'm like google has a lot of good information you just have to know what's good information and yeah, what's like the right sources. Your resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah what sources to get information from but yeah it did it what, prepared what me a lot the big like what are your favorite sources my favorite sources, um, I would have to say that I really like to read uh, material that I feel is authentic. So like mom blogs, I love mom blogs because I feel like although a lot of it can be opinionated information, it is accurate information because at the end of the day, as a parent, I do feel that I'm the expert on my kids. You're the expert on yours and each parent is the expert of their own children so whatever information they're sharing it is real information so although it may be opinionated i do feel like it's coming from an authentic place because that really is what's happening yeah Mm -hmm. and although we all look at it from different perspectives i think being able to get a glimpse of all those perspectives gives also us a new perspective when looking at things Mm -hmm. so yeah those are my favorites I know when we first started like Moody Mommies and following all the different parents and it's just in the beginning it all seems like we're doing something really similar and then as the kids are getting older it's like we're all doing something different. so different mm-hmm. like this so many layers to parenthood yeah there is because mm-hmm. they're all different they're all different yeah and I think I know Jessica you only have one but Vanessa you have two mm-hmm. and as much as we try not to when you do have your second, uh-huh. it's so hard not <laughs> yeah. to compare. It is. It's so it's hard really not hard. to because you're like, but, and and not in terms of uh, personality and the things that they like, but just like uh, routine-wise or even like basic needs. Expectations. Yeah, expecta- ones. like I'm mm-hmm. like, Olivia was not breastfeeding that much or mm-hmm. Olivia, she know, I don't remember her having that, you know, her, her skin wasn't that sensitive. And then I'm like, okay, wait, no. Like, they're different kiddos. Yeah. They're not the same. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit hard in the beginning. But uh, I'm learning the second time around how to respond differently. They both are going to get different um, experiences. And although you try so much to do some things the same because they worked so well the first time, um, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen for a lot of reasons. And, you know, like I always say, okay, well, I have to look at it from this perspective. Olivia was just Olivia. It was just us three. And she had both of us to dedicate our entire selves to just her. So I think that we kind of uh, like we coddled her more than we do Allegra. But that's just because of the nature of the situation. Allegra, her whole life is going to be her having a sister olivia's wasn't like that it was just olivia until allegra came along so with allegra in the beginning um when she first you know was born i was just like 
this is like overwhelming mm-hmm. it's way too much especially because i had already i mean you you had yours almost back to back right they're yeah. a year apart they're like or, 22 months apart yeah so you had a little bit of time of just you three but then luna came right into the picture but with Olivia, I feel like I got really comfortable and I was just like, oh, this is so easy. I mean, and you know that feeling, I, right? Like, yeah, I always feel like, like yeah. this is this is so easy. Like, what? She's already feeding herself. I don't yeah. have to do that. I don't have to mm-hmm. bring this along. There's no more diaper bag. I, don't, I mean, she tells me when she has to go to the restroom. I don't have to keep track of that. Zoe was one when I was pregnant with Luna. Like, I literally, right after Zoe's birthday, I got pregnant. So you Luna. were already mentally preparing yeah, for I was knowing that. Like, okay, I have another baby coming. Yeah, like, that whole so like her whole you know, she turned one and then she turned two, and right and be- then two months before she turned two, her sister was born. Luna was here. Yeah, see, mine are like that, but uh, so Olivia turned four. Um, two months after Allegra was born, so I had a good amount of time where I got really comfortable. Yeah. Um, but then when Allegra was born, I was like, okay, she's here. And I just was like, you know what? I'm sorry, girlfriend, but our family already existed. And you came into it. And yes. you get in line. Let's go. Yeah. She was a baby. But I realized that that helped her a lot. And uh, the benefit to that was that she did fall in line, mm-hmm. you know. And she learned uh, how to be resilient. And she knew that um, she had to build some some self-soothing skills so i was saying that uh it really did her well and it did us well because uh the day after she came home i was like you know what it's 10 o'clock it's bedtime that's our bedtime in this house and you're going to bed and she's a baby i mean she doesn't know yet right so we took her into the room and her little rock and play and i had her there next to me um and i i went to sleep and she stayed in her little rock and play and i'm sure she was awake for um, you know, like spurts of hours, but um, she learned that it was nighttime, all the lights were off, and nobody was talking. And eventually, by like the third or fourth week, she was sleeping at night. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, like, good. She would through the whole night. Yeah. She doesn't even wake up to nurse. Now she does, but she slept through the entire night up until she was probably like five months. She slept through the whole night. Wow. And uh, I, so then I was like, okay, like I got to start incorporating this into like every aspect of the day, right? So, um, like traveling um, or like meal times, uh, I just added her into the group and she did really well. So, travel times would, were pretty smooth. I mean, at first she cried for a little bit, but then she learned like, you know, nobody's going to come and get me during this time. And with Olivia, it was really different. Like I said, we coddled her a lot. Yeah, like you so, sit back there with them. You're yeah, like, it's okay. It's okay. Can't, Pulling your boob out, uh-huh. leaning into the car seat. Mm-hmm. You can't go further than 15 minutes. Yeah. She's going to scream her head off. Yeah. And so, but we did. We just, I mean, it took a couple times, but we let her scream her head off. And then eventually she learned, like, okay, like, I got to find a way to soothe myself until the next time that mom's going to pick me up. Mm-hmm. And... She was really well. She did really well with that. But I will say that I do think a lot of it also has to do with their temperament. Um, They all have different temperaments. And I can see that with my two kiddos Um, and just kiddos that I've worked with also. Um, And I know that a big part of what you guys wanted to talk about was communication. Yeah. So um, 
before I had Olivia, uh, I was already working towards, I was already going to school for some special ed um, teaching. So I had already kind of like read about a lot of the skills. So uh, that was like one of my biggest things was that I, I wanted to know what my kids needed. Like I always wanted, I, I didn't want my kids to struggle um, in communicating to me like what they wanted or what they needed. Really early on, like I started to look back at my childhood and the kind of parenting that we all probably got. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, a lot of smacks across the head and a lot of TV. A lot of TV. Oh, I had a yeah. Lot of TV. I yeah, the it. TV was the babysitter. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of negative reinforcement. Um, and that's not like a diss to like our parents right. or anything like that. It's just that was the reality of what was, you know. And I think that um, a lot of it is also like uh, skills that are learned from their parents. So I think that they just learn to parent from their parents. But I went to school for early childhood. And um, once I became a parent, like I started incorporating like all these new parenting strategies and skills into what I was doing. And um, that did not go over well, like. Not at all, but for the most part, like, it didn't go over well with, especially my mom. Um, Because a lot of it was like, what are you doing? You don't know. No, you don't do that. Like, she's a baby. Or why are you talking to her like that? Um, And I felt like I could honestly say that I felt like I didn't have the support that I needed. Um, I love my mom. And I love her as a grandma. She's a wonderful grandma. My kids love her. But that's one thing that I was really adamant about was making sure that I stuck to my parenting plan. And and to this day that I still stick to it, you know. Yeah, that it wasn't received very well. And I, I just felt like for the most part, and even now sometimes I feel like I don't really get the support that I would want from my mom. And... I think that a lot of it came from when I first had Olivia. Of course, you read as much as you can, but then the baby's here, and it's like, that's not realistic anymore, whatever you read. So a lot of what I learned was also because I asked my mom, like, well, mom, I don't know how to do this, or um, I'm really scared to take her her first bath. Can you help me? And then mom helping you ends up turn into, turning into mom doing it. Yeah. So because... I mean, she has three kids, right? So she just, like, so confidently, like, takes your newborn baby a bath. And then after that, it was just, like, little things here and there that I would ask, you know, for help with or or um, guidance on. And she did. She did it so well. But I think that, um, I think that part of, I guess, uh, part of, I guess, her satisfaction in helping was also knowing that she was needed. You know, so um, and I think that that was a transition that was also happening because my brother was getting ready to graduate from high school. And I think that she was starting to realize that she was not really going to be, quote unquote, needed anymore, you know, because my brother was the last baby and her only boy. And he was going to be a full grown adult now and he was going to do his own thing. 
So now here comes this newborn baby that's not really your baby. So you don't have to do all the dirty stuff like change the diapers. <laughs> but you get to do the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was like her newfound like feeling of feeling needed. Um, which is great, you know, like that's your first grandbaby. By all means, do yeah. anything you want with your grandbaby and love her unconditionally. And she did. Um, but with that territory came advice that was not welcomed or asked for. So, like, especially when I would um, do any kind of discipline or when I would um, ask Olivia to expand on or build on any kind of independent, like, skills, mm-hmm. that was, like, it was, like, pulling teeth, especially if I was doing it in front of my mom because she'd be, like, just give it to her. Why are you telling her to ask you for it? Or we did a lot of baby sign language. Yeah. Um, so I started with her really young. You know, I at meal times. Yeah. How um, old was she when? She, when we started the baby sign language, she was like four or five months. Okay. Yeah. So we started um, just kind of laying the foundation for it because at that point they can't really do it yet, right? By the time she was like, like. 9, 10, 11 months, uh, she started giving some signs. So then I was like, okay, like this is starting to pick up. Like we need to start doing it more often and we need to start asking her to ask for things. So if she was eating and she was still hungry but you couldn't read a cue, um, you're like, okay, they're done and you set the food down. And then now she's throwing a fit because she actually wanted more. Okay, so my job as a parent is to give her the words, in this case, the sign, um, to be able to ask for more, right? So then I started incorporating that in, and that was just like, if my mom was around, that was just like a big fight. Yeah, like, why? (laughs) Just give it to her. Like, why are you telling her to ask for more? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this this is giving her a foundation for asking for other things, you know? Once she starts wanting things that are not being offered to her or once she starts having her own opinions about things or she just wants something that is not even, like, in the vicinity of her area. Like, right now, you know, she came and she said she wanted a snack. Um, But she asked for it, right? Obviously, she can ask now because she's four. But um, I wanted her to be able to do that. And that was really important to me because I always felt like I had... And still now, um, like we had communication barriers like in our family growing up. And I think that that was just something that we learned to live with. You know, like that just became part of who we were and how our family functioned. You know, it's like a dysfunctional family, but that's how we functioned. And I just remember always feeling like it didn't have to be like that, you know, but now that's just the way it is and even now like me and my brother and my sister like when we talk to each other a lot of times um it's like some kind of a not a fight but like it's just always there's always like a tone to it i mean you i mean you you know me and my yeah like there's always like a tone to it and i'm just like Mm -hmm. why can't we just have like a conversation like normal people yeah (laughs) i feel like you could talk to your sisters like yesterday with your, yeah. your little sister and we were all like hanging out fine like okay. there wasn't any like 
weird tension. But I feel like it's like that with my brother, only because I never see him. And when I do see him, I have a lot to say about the yeah. things. I'm like, man, like, why did you do this? And, why yeah. did you do da, 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 and it's da. just a lot of, like, bickering, yeah. right? Like, when you finally talk to each other. So I was like, okay, I don't want that for my family, and I don't want that for my kids. Yeah. I don't want my kids to... I don't want my, my girls to be sisters but feel like they're always at each other's necks, you know? And um, so that was really important to me. So from the beginning, uh, we incorporated a lot of, like, self-help skills. And um, she's always been really independent, and I, and, and I owe that to her picking up so well on it. But I also owe it a lot to her dad because um, I could honestly say that... Uh, he took so well to everything that I had to say as a parent, like all the reading that I did, all of the desires that I had to, um, as a parent to want to practice these things with her. Like he, he took very well to them, you know, and I would tell him like, Oh, you know, I read this article on whatever the topic was. And, um, I feel like if it was anybody else, they would have probably just been like, rolled their eyes and been like oh my god like Tune here she goes again like so controlling why do i have to do that why can't i just do what i want but um and he you know what i will say that he was like that in the beginning for a split second and then once he started to see the results yeah. of like what i was incorporating into my parenting then he was like oh okay it's let me freaking. get on let me get on this train too <laughs> yeah so um and now he'll even do it he'll be like oh you know i was reading about like like allegra right now she's starting um to eat more solids and we make her her baby food so he's like oh no i was reading like you shouldn't give them peas before bed because um they have a little bit too much gas in them and she might wake up in the middle of the night and her her tummy will be upset and i'm like look at you like (laughs) reading on what kind of baby foods to give the baby before bed but um but yeah i owe it to that too because he he's always been very respectful of of what i wanted to do as a parent and and uh aside from that he's he's also picked up on it and now he's doing it too you know so i think that makes for us to be like a great team together but yeah. That's awesome when you have the support like mm-hmm. that. I feel like really lucky too that for the most part Ernie and I are on the same page with what we want to do with her. Um, and I know like for me, I I've talked about this before. I didn't have a lot of experience with kids at all. I mean, elementary kids, yes, but like early kids, no. Like I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really know anybody who had any babies, and it just was yeah foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first people that I knew that to have kids that were like around my well you're younger than I am but like you had Olivia and then you had Zoe and so I was like okay like you guys were pretty much my example (laughs) like I was like I don't know how to raise a baby so I'm like what are these girls doing what are you guys doing with your kids what are you doing over there let me pick up on that you guys I'm like a lazy researcher (laughs) you guys do the research let me know what to do let me learn from your mistakes yeah it all looks good to me what yeah. are you guys doing so i definitely took a lot from what you were doing with olivia and then what you were doing with zoe so it, it made it i think really a lot easier for ernie and i because I oh like, that's okay. nice you know, like i would have never thought like oh let me teach her how to communicate with me early you know yeah. i would just be like it's a baby the baby will do yeah what like she's <laughs> crying give her whatever she wants uh-huh. yeah yeah but then it was just like okay yeah i could 
teach her a skill and she'll yeah. tell me if she wants more and whatever else and yeah she did pretty well with it too i felt like she was, did yeah, yeah she did she did do really well yeah. yeah and i was like trying to like look up stuff all the time like what kind of thing should i be teaching her but at that point she kind of started saying like little words that you could on. understand yeah yeah, so it was yeah. Like, okay yeah, I don't need to do which is what, anymore. Yeah, which is what you're aiming for, right? Yeah. A lot of slack that I was given was that my kid was not going to talk. Yeah. Uh, especially from my mom and my sister and my brother. They're like, why are you teaching her that? Like, she's not going to talk if you teach her sign language. Yeah, but you're using, you're saying a word while you're signing. Yeah, so and I'm like. connecting it for her. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you're just showing her how to, like, do it without talking. So she's not going to talk. And I'm like, okay, well, I've never done this before, so maybe that's true. I don't know. It scared me, you know? Yeah. But I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to trust what I've read and the results that I've seen from the research that I've done and see where it gets us. And before I knew it, she was starting to say the words. And then I was like, okay, like this is, this is what I wanted. You know, I wanted her to make that connection, like you said. So then she started saying the words and I was like, okay, see, like this is working. And then um, before I knew it, she was talking and she started talking pretty early. Yeah. And, and uh, her her um, speech was pretty clear, too. Amazing speech. Like Justine still kind of talks like a little kid. Uh-huh. But Olivia, like she was two years old and you could anybody could understand. You could what understand she was what saying. she was saying. Yeah. And um, and I think that uh, it was really unexpected, like for. A lot of people, um, when they had a conversation with her, or I, like they underestimated her a lot, which it bugged me a little bit because I was just like, "What the heck? Like my kid's talking to you. Answer her." Yeah. Um, but then I kind of had to take a step back, and I was just like, "Okay, like maybe she's a little bit of a little bit ahead, you know, than most kids." But it really did get to me when she started school, and I put her in school when she was two. Um, one, because I needed childcare. I was working full time. And two, because I wanted her to continue to build on those skills um, and to just start working on her kindergarten preparedness so that she was ready when she was going to start uh, grade school. And when I took her to school when she was two, they had uh, a preschool, obviously. They had all the classrooms separated by age. And um, I kind of felt like this was going to be a little bit of a problem because I was like, okay, she's two, but she's kind of like a three-year-old already in terms of her language. Maybe not all the skills yet, but in terms of her language and her independent skills that she had, like she was totally like a little bit. Yeah, she was ready for the three-year-old classroom, but they had them separated by age. And I was like, okay, it's fine. I need the childcare. I have to put her there. So I put her in the classroom and um, she was the only one that was talking like full on sentences. And it was a class of like probably like 15 or 16, two year olds. She was like, there's probably only like maybe two or three that were potty trained. And she was one of them Um, and fully like potty trained, like fully, fully potty trained. She was the only one. She was already like going to the restroom by herself, getting her her pants on and off by herself um including the little the little button or whatever it is and um sitting herself on the toilet and wiping all by herself so everything was totally independent 
the other kiddos um, were either in diapers or they needed assistance, like getting something on and off or with wiping. So mind you, like wiping your butt as a two year old is not like, yeah, no, it's not what you think. <laughs> yeah. There's still some some errors. Yeah, there. <laughs> there's, there's still some needs improvement. But um, for the most part, she could do it. And so anyways, um, what she really struggled with, though, was nap time. They had a nap time. And because I worked full time, um, she was going to be part of that nap time. And because it was her first time in school, it was going to be even harder. So during nap time, she wanted somebody to help her, which was not too much to ask for. You know, uh, she's a two year old. It's her first time in school. Yeah. And for the most part, like as, as a I guess as a professional in public education and in early childhood education, I was able to always look at the situation from a teacher's perspective. Yeah. And um, a lot of teachers do not take to that very well because you're the teacher mom and you're probably going to hover, which I do a lot of. Um, but it's only because I want to make sure that, like all of us, our kids are getting the best, right? Yeah. So here you have like a little two-year-old in your classroom of what, like maybe 16 to 20 kids. And you have one that's fully independent. That's like a hallelujah. Like you don't have to help this kid. You don't have to help her open her juice or pop open her milk or throw her food in the trash can or you don't even have to go help her wipe her butt like that's like my kid is helping you because you don't have to help her do those things so the least you can do is help her with nap like she's asking for somebody to come and help her and the teachers would go around and they did their rounds with the kids that um were not good at self-soothing and they went and they'd rub their little backs or rub their head or give them the little classroom teddy bear to help them fall asleep but for some reason, um, they didn't give Olivia the same treatment. And I think it was because once they realized how independent she was, like their expectations for her changed. And they were yeah. just like, no, like she's already doing fine. everything by herself. Like she can do it. And that kind of upset me because I was like, yeah, like she is doing a lot of things by herself, but she's still two, you know? So because I'm the expert on Olivia, I'm her mom then i that's where i came into play and i was just like okay you know like she is doing a lot of things by herself but for nap time she's having a really hard time and i walked in during nap time while i was having this conversation with the teacher and i said um like maybe can we try to like help her like maybe one of the teachers can sit with her and rub her back for a little bit and then start to wean her off maybe like after a week or two and the teacher like at this point they already knew that my background was in the same profession as them yeah. so they just like always snapped back and had something to say and the teacher was just like no we can't do that like our ratio and we can't be sitting on the floor like we need to be pretty much like monitoring the class by continually walking around and so the teacher's standing in the middle of the classroom telling me this while the teacher next to her is sitting on the floor rubbing rubbing, somebody's, rubbing back. somebody's back oh and i'm like gosh. what that was even yeah super so, she, so i was like are you kidding me like and I, so I pointed it out. Like, I pointed it out right in front of her. I was like, okay, so you guys can't help any of the kids. Like, you, you can't help her at all for, like, five minutes for, like, a week to help her fall asleep. But she's sitting next to that little girl right now rubbing her back. And she, like, obviously had to 
come back with something else and she's like oh well she just started and i said well olivia just started two weeks ago and i said socially emotionally like you guys are not meeting her needs you know she's telling you that she needs something and she's using her language to tell you that it's not like she's just throwing a fit yeah it's not like she's throwing a tantrum or biting or exhibiting any other kind of like behaviors where she's trying to communicate something like she's doing like what we're asking her to do which is use her words to tell you that and she's telling you that she needs that and you're not responding to her needs and i was like that's not developmentally appropriate so now she's like more pissed off because i'm using all this language right yeah and um so i said you know what it's fine i think i'll just have to take it up with the director which is her boss so yeah then at that point um i was also upset because olivia had come home like two days before and um I always asked her how her day was when I picked her up. You know, we'd be on the drive home and I'd be looking in my rearview mirror trying to have a conversation with her. And I asked her how her day was and she said it was fine. And as usual, she hadn't taken a nap, but it was because she was struggling with that part of her day. And um, I said, well, what did you do at nap time? I just cried. And uh, I said, you know, but you got to try harder. And she goes, but mommy, I tell teacher that I need help. And I said, what did you tell the teacher? And she goes, um, and it, and what also didn't help was the fact that this classroom had a long-term sub. So it wasn't even the actual teacher of the classroom. So I feel that a lot of times when it's a sub, uh, there's like that rapport is not there with the kids. Um, and you don't have that like connection with, with the classroom, with the kids. And there's no sense of like... Uh, of of it being yours you know like as a teacher when i get a set of kids at the beginning of the school year like those are my babies that's that's those are my babies and even like if one goes like if they take one after two weeks and they move them to another class like you feel like they're taking something that belongs to you Mm -hmm. because you already put two weeks in of work and you've already kind of got to know um what some of the behaviors mean what to expect during the routine who's gonna cry at what time so um anyways that didn't help so she goes oh i told um so i knew sorry so i knew that uh since there was a long-term sub as the primary teacher and the other teachers in the classroom there's like uh two or three other teachers in the classroom those were permanent teachers so those teachers had been there that's their job that's their permanent job so I kind of knew, like, okay, it's not the sub running the class. It's probably the aides. Like, yeah. all the aides are running the class because they know the the, the, the classroom better and they know the kids better. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, I was right. I was like, okay, like, I need to, like, like sift through these teachers and find out which one is running the, the show, show here, right? <laughs> so I figured out who it was. I can't remember her name. But Olivia um, had shared with me that she was trying to go to sleep that day and that she asked the teacher if she could rub her back and the teacher um said yes to her that she would rub her back so she came and she sat next to her and she started to rub her back but this particular teacher olivia was not like too fond of she had like no connection with the teacher whatsoever and she just she just she just didn't take well to i guess her her teaching style yeah. like her teaching style and olivia's learning style they just didn't match up and so olivia told the teacher um she said 
I don't want you. I want Miss whoever. Uh-huh. So she straight up like told the teacher like I don't want you to rub my back. I yeah. want the other teacher that she liked. I think her name was like Miss Christina or something. So she goes, no, I don't want you. I want Miss Christina. And Olivia's not rude. Like she's not a yeah. rude kid. She's never been a rude kid. And she, the teacher, got upset and she told her. Um, no, she goes, Miss Christina's helping somebody else. I'm going to help you. And she kind of like, she didn't push her hand, but she just kind of like moved her hand, like stop touching my back. Mm-hmm. I don't want you. And she said, no, I don't want you. So then the teacher was like, okay, then I can't help you. And she walked away and that was it. So Olivia started crying because Miss Christina couldn't help her. So she was crying and crying and crying and crying hysterically. And so, okay, like, so now my kid is making her job harder. And now she's mad because my new kid is crying up a storm while all your other 15 kids are already down to the routine and going to sleep right so my kid's gonna wake the rest up so she was upset and then um olivia i so i said oh well what did she say to you when you were crying and she goes she just kept telling me to be quiet and i'm like no she didn't like that's not okay and she's like she was mad she was so mad mommy and I'm like, oh, my poor baby. Like, now she's making all these negative associations with, with taking a nap yeah. and school. And here I am, like, the preschool teacher. Like, I can't even get my kid to like school. So she goes, she was mad, mommy. She was so mad. And then I said, oh, well, did you stop crying? And she goes, no, I was so sad. I was just crying too much. I wanted Miss Christina to rub my back. And I said, okay, well, what did, uh, her name was Miss Irene. I remember okay. now. She, I go, well, uh, did Miss Irene say anything else to you? And she goes, no, she just sprayed me. And I was like, what? what? Like, it took me off guard. And I'm like, she sprayed you? And she's like, yeah, with the water bottle. And I was like, <gasps> oh, no. I was like, what? Like, Are you like serious, Vanessa? <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, my God. So I'm like, now I'm like, I'm like, okay, my blood is starting to boil, right? But then I'm trying to keep my cool so I can like fish some info out of my kid. So I'm like, what do you mean she sprayed you with the water bottle, baby? And she goes, yeah, the water bottle, we use it outside. And I said, what water bottle? What do you mean? And she goes, yeah, I was just kept crying and crying and crying and crying and she kept telling me to be quiet, but my heart was sad. Oh, my God. So I kept crying, and I said, okay. And, and so what, she just went and got a water bottle, or was it like a toy from the house area? No, Mommy, the water bottle. And I said, she goes, I go, which one? And she goes, that one, Mommy, the one that's over there. But we're in the car, right? So I don't know what right there is. So um, I said, what color is the water bottle? It's blue. And I said, okay, is it like the one that I do your hair with in the morning? And she goes, yeah, like that one. And I'm like, okay, like I think this is like, this is something real. Like she's not just, Uh not some toy in the class, right? So I'm like, okay, tomorrow you show me, okay, baby? And she's like, okay, mom. And like my blood's boiling. I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking pissed. So I call my, I call Juan, I call her dad. And I'm like, I explain to him what happens and, He's like, no, she's just a kid. She doesn't know. She's two, whatever. And he just kind of like leaves it alone. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get your help. So I'm going to figure this out by my FBI mom self, Uh right? (laughs) So my FBI teacher mom self. So the next day we walk into the class and I was just like, you know what? Like, 
whatever this is my kid like you can't tell me what i can and cannot do and this is where my kid is all day where she's being taken care of so i'm not gonna ask permission for anything so i walk in and i'm like okay olivia mommy's gonna go to work right now okay but before i go show me what you were talking about and so she holds my hand and she's walking me around the whole classroom and like the whole staff is just like what is this mom doing like who does she think she is like just walking in and like looking through our stuff pretty much and she walks me all the way over to the sink and she's like this one mommy and it's like a like a blue um a spray bottle pretty much like the kind that you like would like the hairstylist would spray your hair with right and she's like um this water bottle and it's a blue water bottle it's probably like i don't know the height of a regular drinking water bottle and it's filled with water and it says water on it it's labeled water and she goes yeah mommy she sprayed my face (gasps) and i'm like what i'm like what so like the staff is staring at us right because they're like what is happening like what's going on right now what is she telling her mom so then i stopped and um the teacher the teacher that was the long-term sub in the classroom she was pretty much just like a filler so she did not know most of what went on in that classroom she was just there just for compliance purposes if licensing came in so they could say this is the one with the credential she's the one who signs everything but she does not know nothing right so i'm like okay you know what that's my tactic here i'm gonna go for her so i'm like miss rita her name was miss rita i said um why does Olivia keep telling me that somebody sprayed her in the face yesterday at nap time? And she's like, at this point, she's like scared. And she's like, what? Like, she's a sub, right? And she's like, what? What do you mean sprayed her? And I say, yeah, she said somebody sprayed her with a water bottle on her face because she kept crying and she wouldn't go to sleep. And the other teacher, the aide, um irene she was like standing there like just like staring at our conversation and i go yeah i go she says that somebody sprayed her yesterday in the face because she wouldn't go to sleep so olivia's just like looking around and and i said who was the baby and she pointed well she didn't want to she was scared at this point she was already scared of that lady but i go it's okay like you tell mommy mommy's gonna help you and she goes it was her and then she just kind of like went on with whatever she was doing to avoid the situation And then I go, well, she says that it was Miss Irene. And then Miss Rita asked her, she goes, Miss Irene, do you know what, what's Olivia talking about? She said somebody sprayed her with a water bottle in the face. And she goes, she just like totally dismissed everything that Olivia said. And she was just like, I don't know. She's like, I didn't see. No, that we wouldn't do that in this class. And I just looked at her and I was just like, okay, well, yesterday Olivia told me that she was having a hard time to take a nap and she kept crying and that she asked a teacher to rub her back and that miss irene which is you that you said that nobody could help her because you guys were helping the other kids and then she said well i want somebody to help me and she kept crying so you told her that you would help her for five minutes and i repeated everything exactly as olivia said it to me yeah and um i said she said that you told her you would help her and that you started to help her and she told you no um i don't want you to help me i want miss christina to help me and she goes yeah she did say that she goes but i told her that miss christina was busy and that only i could help her 
And I said, okay, well, she's verbally telling you with her words that she doesn't want you to help her. That means that she's communicating her needs to you. She's telling you what she needs to meet her needs, which is to take a nap. And you ignored that. And she goes, well, Miss Christina was busy. And I go, that's fine. But she didn't want you to help her. And she goes, you know what? I said, what did I tell her? I said, um... I told her the same thing that I had said before. I said, she's she's using her language yeah. to tell you like what she needs, which is what we want these kids to do. Yeah. And you're not helping her with that. And she goes, you know what? No, that's not her using her language to tell me what she needs. That's her being rude. That's <laughs> rude. And I'm like, how is that rude? She's telling you that she doesn't want you. That's not rude. She's two years old. She doesn't know what rude is. Yeah. Like, that's a behavior. She doesn't know what that is. That's taught. And nobody's taught her that. Yeah. And she's like, no. She goes, when a little kid's acting like that, that's just rude. And I, at that point, I was just like, okay. No. This is just like a teacher that's stuck in their old ways. And I'm just, I'm not going to put up with it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the teaching style in here. And I just, I can't do it. So I went to the office and I spoke to the director and I told her what had happened. And um, I said, you know what? I'm not going to bring her to school until you change her classrooms. I know she's two, but she belongs in the three-year-old classroom. I'm telling you that developmentally, that classroom is not appropriate for her. That classroom is pretty much undermining all the skills that she already has, and she's not being challenged. She's not able to build on any of the skills that she's ha- that she has. Yeah. And I, I told her, I said, you know what? Like, it's your guys's job to make sure that you meet the needs of every child, including mine, whether it benefits you or not. Because putting a two-year-old in a three-year-old classroom, pretty much like would be losing a spot for them, because they could fill that spot with the three-year-old and have a two-year-old but now because the two-year-old is going to the three-year-old classroom they lose a two-year-old spot because there's no two-year-old to fill it Mm -hmm. and there's a three-year-old waiting on the wait list to get that three-year-old spot so she waited a little while until she realized like that i was serious and then she moved her she moved her into the three-year-old classroom and that teacher was like an angel Uh like i just could not ask for a better teacher um that school year miss selena like she really challenged her a lot with a lot of the skills that she already had um and she gave her something to to build on and something to work for which i was really grateful for because as a parent that's what you want you want somebody who's going to support the parenting strategies that you've already incorporated into your everyday routine and she really did do that and she listened to what i had to say and that made me feel like my kid mattered, like yeah. she was important, you know. And like she, like the work that she was doing while at school was important. And she still struggled with nap time for a little while. Um, but eventually she learned to take a nap. And yeah. even though it was only like 10 minutes, it was a start, you yeah. know. So, yeah, that's part of of the beginning of communication. Um in our journey but i think what really stuck out to me the most was that they really underestimated her because i think that they walked away from that experience probably thinking like oh shit like we need to watch what we do and what we say because she's gonna repeat. yeah like well no not only that like you're over here thinking that 
I mean, how sad, you know? How sad to think, like, oh, they're two-year-olds. They're not going to go home and tell their mom. They don't know how to tell yeah. their mommy. I and sprayed I, them in the face with water. Yeah. Oh, I'm so upset. I want to go hug Olivia right now. But she did, you I know? I can't believe that. And she knew how to tell me because I taught her. I yeah. taught her how to use her words. All right, guys. So that was the first half of our conversation with Vanessa. Um, maybe I should... We should. What are we going to call her? Vanessa... Squared. This generation, we have like so many Vanessa and so many. I know. Luckily, I kicked all the Jessicas out of my life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you really? There's only room for one. <laughs> the only. <laughs> just kidding. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but anyways, yes, so this is the first half of our conversation. Join us in two weeks where you'll hear our second half of the conversation. I'm not sure where I'm cutting this yet, but the conversation is good and sweet, and I learn so much from Vanessa every day. So check it out.